Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. You never know until you try. These are the words Brittany's grandmother used to coax Brittany into eating her veggies. And after hearing Brittany's story, I wonder, did Nanny know that these words would change Brittany's life, that they would become her mantra? I'm not sure. But Just Try has led Brittany to many of her best experiences, learning piano, then bassoon, finally adding in the cello. Brittany's been to 33 countries, sampled many, many new cuisines, and most of all, she's learned to live with a curiosity and fearlessness that many of us will envy. Brittany's why not attitude led her to begin her blog titled Brittany Breaks Bread, which is also a nod to her grandfather, as we'll hear. And today she's sharing with us a hugely popular dessert from that blog, an apricot cream tart with a decadent caramel cookie base. Please take a moment to subscribe to the Storied Recipe Podcast. And now, welcome Brittany. I love your blog name, Brittany Breaks Bread. To me, it evokes such positive feeling. There's actual people that I think of when I hear your blog name. I'm curious what made you come up with that? And does it evoke that for you too? Oh my gosh. So absolutely. Um, It's almost something that pulls on my heartstrings because my grandfather, he passed away when I was 13. And after he passed away, we were cleaning out his house and he had BBB everywhere. It was written on like his pencil case and his magazines and books and containers, it was everywhere. It was, it was almost to the point where I was like, what does this even mean? And so yeah. I ended up asking my dad, because my father is Robert Brown, but he goes by Bob Brown. And he's like okay. fifth father, who's also Bob Brown. Okay. And they both um, have a wholesale distributing ice cream company. Oh. And so apparently my grandfather went by Big Bob Brown. And that's what BBB was. Wow. And so when I was thinking of my blog, I'm like, BBB, what can I, like, how can I, because my maiden name is Brown, naturally. Um, yeah. And Brittany Brown. So I'm BB. And I'm like, uh-huh. what do I do to, like, you know, BBB, what, how can I channel something that's catchy and has the same uh, letters? And I kind of just, it kind of just hit me. I was literally sitting where I am right now. Um, on wow. the press site of like create an account. And I was like, okay, Brittany breaks bread. And that's kind of how that works. <laughs> I love it. I and, absolutely love it. And it's funny because that's not something that I ever say. Yeah. I've never said breaks bread or anything. It's, it's actually really weird because <clears throat> this woman on my mom's job mm-hmm. is, I don't know. I think she was, how do they call it? Like a priestess, I guess. Oh, really? And I remember going to her and just like, just out of sheer curiosity, I think I was like maybe 22 at the time. And I'm like, what is my life? What's my life going to be? And kind of just searching for like some sort of answer. And when I sat down with her, she said, you know, that was your grandfather at the foot of the bed. And I was (gasps) like, hold on, wait, what? And the day he passed away, oh gosh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional. Uh I 
I didn't really at that age, I, I never lost anybody that was close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I didn't really have a strong concept as to what death was. Yeah. And my father had told me, um, you know, maybe we should go see pop because he's not doing so well. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of young and just said, I don't think I want to go and see him in that state. And I ended up going over one of my friend's house and we were having so much fun. And then I found out that he passed away on the way home. And so I never got a chance to say goodbye to him. Mm-hmm. And so the day of his funeral, I remember waking up. And I don't know if you believe in ghosts or, you know, spirits or anything like that. But I was like in a twilight state, I guess. And I opened my eyes and it looked like there was like this hollow figure at the foot of my bed. And I just closed my eyes. I'm like, I must be dreaming. And I laid on my side and I saw the hollow figure again. And it was it, the shape. It looked like the shape of him. Like he was a, a large man. He had a bald head. And it, it was just weird. I, like I had always felt that it was him, but I had mm. never told that to anybody. And when I went to this priestess, she said, he's always near you. He's very close with you. He's your voice of reason. That little voice in the back Whoa. of your head tells you don't do something or, you know, or you should do something. And I always, that always just resonated with me. And I guess that kind of tied into my blog because I, I feel like I do feel like he's always around, you know, mm. It's, it's pretty deep. And I'm not even like the type of person that's like, oh, you have to go to a psychic to figure out your next step in life. I, it, you know, it, at that time, it was what I needed to hear. And mm-hmm. it was just a very profound moment. Because, mm. you know, I mm. never got to say goodbye. And to kind of know that he's always near me is, is really special. So that got deep fast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And now every question changes. <laughs> no, just in the sense that, um, you know, we were going to, we are, of course, going to talk about your nanny, you know, but as long as we're here, I would love to. So can we talk a little bit about his business that he had with your dad? Because that is definitely food related and it definitely must have played into your experiences with food and food as love growing up. Without a doubt. And my father still has the business. He functions in the tri-state area. The name of the business is called Ice Cream Express. And I'm so proud of him. He has like a huge um, warehouse where he's got this huge freezer. Um, And I just remember seeing the business grow, even as a child. Like my, my dad works his behind off. He wakes up like 5.30 in the morning and goes to bed at like midnight and he's just around the clock on it you know um and he he so he distributes to i think most of his business is in the philadelphia area but he's grown to the tri-state area delaware pennsylvania um and i even think i I think he goes as far as new york but wow uh, I think it's something that my grandfather started, and I do remember since I was a kid, my dad always getting samples of various ice cream and bringing them home. 
And, and I always joke around with him. Every night my dad has a large bowl of ice cream. <laughs> but when I tell you it's like a mountain of ice cream, yeah. it's like, and, and mind you, because he's a wholesale distributor, he gets these huge barrels of ice cream that somehow wow. in the freezer. I don't, you know, they have a basement. And he, we call it his feeding. <laughs> um, and my mother and I would be like upstairs, you know, getting ready for bed, and you would hear like a, <laughs> like what is that? And we would go downstairs, and it was my dad putting whipped cream on ice cream. And <laughs> wow, he did it right. Yes, and it's been like that every single night since I can remember to this day. Even when I go home and visit. I think that he actually has slowed down with it a bit, um, you know, just because he wants to like get healthy and stuff like that. But sure. yeah, does he have? Did he have a favorite flavor, or was it every time he was trying something new? Um, I don't think we discriminate. I mean, and that's <laughs> like we are open to any sort of ice cream, any sort of sweet. We we are eaters. Yeah. Uh, I've always had a big appetite. My sister, my mother, my father, every, even, oh my God, even Nanny. Nan, we all just like to eat. Like, as far as I can remember, we would always go out to dinner. And that was another thing that Pop loved to do. We'd always go to dinner, whether it be Outback or this place in Jersey, just across the bridge from Philadelphia called The Pub. Mm. Uh, we, we just love food. You know, I always ask, is there anything you should serve with your dish and with your apricot cream tart? You said, well, you can put ice cream with it. And I thought, ice cream with this? Like, that's a lot of sweet. <laughs> yeah, so, I, it's one of those things you, I feel like you can put on anything. Always a good time for ice cream. I will say, um, yesterday I saw a post on Instagram. Somebody was putting chicken tenders and ice cream together. And I thought to myself, I think that's a bit far. It's a bit too far. Come on back. <laughs> that's just too much. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. And so I guess we know where it started, this whole blog idea from your pop and then also from your nanny, right? Yeah. She's another one. She loves food. Mm -hmm. um, she is a world traveler. She's mm -hmm. currently 92 years old. I feel really blessed to be able to have seen her this weekend because yeah. of, uh, not sorry, not this weekend, uh, last week I, I was right, home right. for a day yeah. or two. And, um, you know, because of COVID, she, she lives in, in like a, uh, a senior facility and um, they weren't allowing people to visit her. And I, it's kind of always like my biggest fear. Like I know she's 92 years old. Um her and I used to hang out all the time, especially like while my parents were at work. Mm -hmm. and I just remember her cooking a lot. And I would always, she was always cooking something really healthy. Hmm. Vegetables and things that like a lot of kids don't like. Mm -hmm. But I remember loving it. She made like just steamed broccoli. And mm. to this day, she makes the best cabbage. And it's not a very involved thing. It's probably just water, a little bit of oil, salt, and pepper. It, but I guess it's just maybe the care that she puts into it. Um, yeah, it the skill just cooked well with the proper seasoning. 
Yeah, it's just, it's so, it was so good. I just remember her just making such quality food and me saying, I don't want to eat it. I don't want to eat it. It's nasty. <laughs> and she, you never know until you try. Mm. And I don't want to try it. I don't want to know. And she said, Brittany, try it. <laughs> and then I ended up loving it. Um, mm. And I kind of just translated that into everything, especially as an adult. Mm-hmm. Or just growing up through the years. She she taught me how to play piano when I was six years old. Wow. And I, I wanted literally nothing to do with it. I had so much energy. I would prefer to go outside and play with my friends or watch TV. Just anything but the piano. And mm-hmm. fast forward like a couple years later, I believe it was my father's friend. He was moving and he had a keyboard mm-hmm. and, and my dad said, well, why don't you give it to us? And so the keyboard was maybe like, I don't know, it couldn't have been over maybe 30 something keys. Mm-hmm. And I just started tinkering on it. And then I said, Nanny, can you teach me how to play X, Y, Z? And she's like, yeah. And wow. my father bought me a bigger keyboard because I started to get really good at it. And then I turned into a pretty good musician and when I went to high school the director of music said you have a cousin who plays bassoon phenomenally we should get you on the bassoon wow and I guess that mantra kind of played back and said well you never know till you try and I said okay wow <laughs> wow and then I started playing the bassoon um and then mm. I picked up the cello because like why not mm. like I did this uh, study abroad program and I went to like 16 different countries and everybody was asking me like why are you doing this and I'm like because why not like you never know Mm -hmm. you could go out and find something that you love in the world why stay here when you can do so many other things and that those words just keep playing back to me well you never know till you try even with my blog Mm -hmm. why not Mm -hmm. Um, why not mm-hmm. mix these two foods together? Traditionally, oh, they, they don't go together. Well, try it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> try it. It won't hurt. The worst mm. thing wrong. So you have nothing mm. to lose, you know? Mm. Wow. Wow. So I want to go through, like, go back into each one of those a little bit more as we go through. But first, I'll just back up and say, like, so this was Nanny's mantra. You never know until you try, right? Can you think of some things in her life that typified that? You know, it's so funny because I feel like, and maybe that's homework for me to take away from this, but I don't know too much about her life of course I know like the big events mm-hmm. um but I don't know like the intricacies that led to those events I, I know she also was an avid traveler she's like I said she's 92 I remember her telling me recently that she wanted to maybe take a cruise so I I, I would say maybe traveling thing but I don't know too much about her life Do- do you think she was a private person or you just, you didn't necessarily think to ask? I think it's a bit of both because mm-hmm. with her, everything is a secret, even if it's mundane. Interesting. Um, to say, well, I have something to tell you, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> 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 it could 
be something as simple as like she went to the grocery store and she picked up mangoes, but she doesn't want anybody to know she picked up the mangoes because they're hers. She can be very secretive, mm-hmm. but you know, that's kind of that's kind of like my homework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Figure out what made her so secretive. I would love to know that now that you mm. mentioned that. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the traveling then, because that's something that you guys shared. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she took me on my first trip to Jamaica when I was four. I still have very vivid memories of going plane for the first time and my ears popping during landing. And, um, and we also, she took me on my first cruise to Bermuda. Wow. Uh, my sister and I all went and that was just such a blast. Um, and we, we all as a family traveled so much, mostly primarily cruising because she was a travel agent. Oh, was she? (laughs) So see, this was her professional mantra also then she was always convincing people to try new places. (laughs) Yes. I, I think she, she worked, um, at the Salvation Army for a while and then went into travel being, being a travel agent. And, yeah, we, we would travel all the time. I would say, like, maybe, like, twice a year, especially Thanksgiving, because that was a week that my dad was able to get off of work. Okay. Um, People so, ate pie, not ice cream that week? Oh, <laughs> well, gosh, don't think that the cruise ships didn't have ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> we totally had ice cream that week. <laughs> no, I just mean why he could get that week off, because oh, people wanted oh, to buy yeah. pies instead of ice cream. Yeah, I don't that is maybe that was just a hard stop for him because mm-hmm. you know like I said he works around the clock all the time so mm-hmm. I think that that might have been a week where he said you know I'm just taking this for myself to spend time with my family yeah and yeah so how many countries have you been to now I have been to 33 countries <laughs> Is this killing you in the time of COVID I know my husband especially we are struggling I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I really wanted to go to Italy for my oh. But, you know, it's okay. I feel super, super duper blessed. No one that I know has COVID. Um, yeah. I'm certainly counting my blessings. But Yes, yes, yes. But it feels like Groundhog Day when you like to travel and you're not traveling, right? You just oh, keep doing the same thing every day. So really early in the pandemic and and I usually travel for work as well like and it's, oh. it's usually domestic it's not very far but I am used to being out of the house so when the pandemic first started it was nice at first to just be home mm-hmm. I started watching travel vlogs on YouTube <laughs> and like, when I tell you I would be marathoning them I would <laughs> always tell my husband I love going to places where people don't speak my language um, has so much to learn, and mm-hmm. he he saved up for me for to take us to Italy for my birthday, mm-hmm. and it's just it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I know it, but I hope you get to go. We went to Italy for our ten year anniversary, which was eight years ago now. It was really really special. So I hope one of these days. Yes. And that's another thing, like, it's not going anywhere, and I'm finding solace with that as well. Like, just because I'm not able to go on the specific day of my birthday does not mean that I'm not going to ever go at all. That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, Yeah, I think we just have to 
keep telling ourselves this too shall pass, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Would you say that you have like a favorite place that you've been? So many. Um, my favorite place is probably Thailand. I took my husband there for his 30th birthday. And, and when I tell you God is real, because I booked the trip in June. His birthday is in October, but I booked it for November. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found better rates and I knew he would be okay with it not being on the exact day. Um, his father ended up passing away in October, a week before his birthday. Oh. And when we went to Thailand, it was just a trip that I know that he needed. It was just such a stress reliever because um, things had been pretty heavy. I also love Mexico. I love Mexico so much. We honeymooned there and I went on my bachelorette party there too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot of good memories associated with that? Oh yeah, we had a blast both times. And I just have so many fond memories from Mexico and not to mention the food. I spent so long thinking that Mexican food was not for me, you know, because it was mm-hmm. so heavy until I went to Mexico. And I'm like, I've not been eating Mexican food. If anything, it would have been Tex-Mex. Yep. Agree. Mm-hmm. Mexican food is delicious. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan and I've feel terrible for years saying, no, I don't really want Mexican. If it's authentic Mexican food, I'm all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about the flavors that you were introduced to. Oh, yeah, certainly. So on my bachelorette party, we did this excursion. A lot of my friends, when they go on their bachelorette parties, they want to drink and go party. And I'm like, no, guys, I want to go cave diving. And I would love to see the ruins. We went snorkeling first. And then after snorkeling, we drove to this um, cenote. Mm-hmm. And they're like these sinkholes that are they're naturally formed. Um, and it was like off the beaten path. In the middle of nowhere, it was this dirt road and it had just rained. And so like there was a bunch of mud and puddles. And we were all sleeping in the car until this road came and then the car was just like, boom, 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 boom. It was like that for like three miles. And I'm kind of freaking out because I'm like, well, we booked this online. Does anybody know this company? Right. <laughs> yes. And so we finally get there and there's big hut. It had a straw roof. Um, and there was this, um, like a hole in the ground that had coal in it, a bunch of like aluminum foil. And they were cooking pork in the mm-hmm. ground. And I remember saying, wow, that what's that all about? And so mm-hmm. when they finally served it to us, I mean, the taste was just, it was just phenomenal. It was tender. Mm-hmm. It had like a slight kick to it. It wasn't spicy, like hot, but it had like, you know, some, some flavor to it. It wasn't the traditional, it, it was like tomato based with, I want to say maybe like some paprika and cumin. Um, and then we had like tamales, which is one of my favorite foods to this day. It's, it's on my, my list of things to teach myself how to make. Because yes, I already so- have someone I'm bringing on for Christmas this year. I'm like, you're teaching me tamales for Christmas this year. <laughs> she makes them every year. Oh my goodness. If you could help me after you learn, I'm yeah, grateful. <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. Yep. Because they're very time consuming. I've heard and I on my list of things that I want to make because it's such a phenomenal treat. Yeah, 
Well, I can't wait. I'll be I'll be sharing far and wide when the time comes. How about like, Thailand? Thailand? Oh my goodness. Their food scene is insane. We got to Thailand late at night mm-hmm. and we got to the hotel. We, we were exhausted. Think of our first flight was 16 hours to Qatar. And mm. then another eight hours flight. It was a long time, whatever. Wow. And we were just exhausted. And we get to our hotel and we see a bunch of lights outside. And we were like, what is this? And so we go out there and it was just an explosive scene. It, it was overwhelming, but in like the best way. Mm. Um, it was a night market and you see everything there from like clothes to music items. And then you get to the food section and there was just everything you could think of. I saw things like barbecue roasted silkworms and cricket pad thai and waffle cones with ice cream in it. Everything that you can imagine was there. And I did try the the crickets and the silkworm. Yeah, see, Nanny was uh, <laughs> speaking right there in her ear. <laughs> and it oh, actually wow. wasn't bad at all. If you could get over the crunch and the fact that you're eating like an insect, yeah. the taste wasn't bad. It tastes like a potato chip. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I hope I ruined potato chips for you. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I ended up getting pad thai that night as like an actual dish. I think it was like 50 cents. And I went back twice and got another one because it was amazing. Wow. It it was made by this woman who was sitting down. She d- was not wearing gloves. Uh, she didn't wash her hands. Uh-huh. And my husband and I were looking at each other like, do you think this is safe? Do you think it's cool? And so I eat it and I was like, okay, I need more. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it makes me sick, it's worth it. Exactly. Exactly. Just everything we ate there was just good. I think I gained like eight pounds when I was there. And I was full and happy. It was was such an immersive experience. Mm, Do you think that was the most adventurous eating? When I did semester at sea, uh, when I studied abroad, I, I took an anthropology <laughs> food class. Oh. Um, which I loved. And I remember when I was in Ghana, I tried, I don't even remember the name of it, but it was like a gravy with this um, ball of like pounded cassava. I think it was called fufu. <laughs> and that was unlike anything I'd ever eaten. And it came with a. It was like a red soup of some sort. I think they called it like a gravy, but I, I would mm-hmm. it would be more of like a soup. And you took the the fufu and you dip it into the gravy and you eat it on the pounded cassava. And you kind of take a bite out of it. Mm-hmm. That was adventurous for me at the time. That's the most adventurous that I got at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, before Thailand. Yeah, before Thailand. Yeah. And it's interesting because the the teacher from the class took us to a market in Ghana, and that was really awesome too. Like the, I'd never seen produce so bright and like vibrant. And um, I also saw like a goat head just like out in the wow. middle of nowhere, <laughs> meat hanging, and the smells and the hustle and bustle of being in the city center. That was that was something I'll never forget. And then you see all these fabrics everywhere, and they're just beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was so much fun. Yes. I actually have some Ghanaian friends who gifted me cloth and it's, I know it's really meaningful because she was explaining to me, it's not just like it's pretty, there's meanings to so many of these. Wow. That's, that's really cool. That's (laughs) That's cool. You got to see it. So we've talked about the traveling and how your nanny inspired that. Tell me a little bit more about music. Now, was she an accomplished musician? Not so much. I think she more just enjoyed like the love of music mm-hmm. um she still plays um she loves like hymnals and mm-hmm. choral music and so i think it's more of like an admiration for her as opposed to like you know something that was like, a career in music mm-hmm. yeah it probably soothed her heart during a lot of a lot of times i'm sure absolutely mm-hmm. i think she sang on the choir for like 40 years so she just she just really loves it. It's it's something that I think she holds near and dear to her uh, heart. And you said she still plays the piano? Oh yeah, absolutely. At ninety two? At ninety two, yep. Wow. She sits down in front of the piano and she'll sing and plays her hymnals. Mm, mm. Um, Okay. And then let's talk, let's go like a little bit more into the cooking aspect of things. So you said mainly what she cooked was just simple, delicious, nutritious vegetables. Yeah. I think that's probably why she's so healthy now Mm. is because like she always made things that were just wholesome, but good. She loves vegetables. She loves anything organic or locally grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to go over her house and mm-hmm. she would make spaghetti and meatballs and it was just so good. I don't know mm-hmm. what she did to it. It was, <laughs> it was simple, but just good. And, you know, we wouldn't have bread with it. I believe like the meat that she got was just organic and USDA, all the, all the words that made it healthy. <laughs> um, do you think it was even beef or do you think it was ground chicken or turkey? No, it was definitely beef. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a, a huge proponent of eating whatever you want. It's, and she, she always preaches moderation, um, but she still has her glass of wine every night. Um, and she's who eats dessert every day. <laughs> just, just the one. She just does it in moderation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's- wow. So all this, you never know until you try. Do you feel like that impact your career, your choice of career or other other things in your life? Um, I'm the type of person that is very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. If I get an idea, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where it stems from. Living with curiosity and kind of feeding that curiosity, you know, mm. not being afraid of trying something because it's different. I'm so glad you said that because I used to think that the opposite of fear was courage or bravery or like a recklessness or a riskiness. Mm -hmm. But recently I have begun to believe that the opposite of fear is curiosity. And I love the way you just said that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think it's important that to, to always maintain that curiosity and to always feed it. Cause I think that's how you grow, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's good, always good to try something new and to learn something different. Cause I think oftentimes we can get stuck in our own little bubbles mm-hmm. and, yeah. and then you kind of forget about the others around you and, you know, 
I think you're right. I think that like you're bringing in others. I think that curiosity is an antidote to fear. And I think it's also a catalyst for compassion. The more you want to know about someone, the more you learn and understand about where they're coming from, the more you're able to be compassionate towards them. Absolutely. And I think if, if anything, it's it's so important today. There's a, a lot of divide in the world. And I think that if we all just took a vested interest in learning about one another, we'd be able to at least begin to see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Did you see that from your grandmother? Was she someone who took a lot of personal interest in people? No, she's not a people person. <laughs> She took a lot of interest in you. (laughs) Oh, yes. Without a doubt. Without Mm. a doubt. She's very selective about her circle. (laughs) I don't know how I made the cut. Um. (laughs) Well, tell me a little bit about starting your blog. Was that a you never know till you try kind of thing? Without a doubt. Um, Mm. I I think when I was just seeing uh, so much feedback on my personal Instagram page about people asking for my recipes... Um, I kind of just thought maybe, maybe I should do this. And it was just so weird because a lot of people will ask me like, Oh, how'd you get started? And I'm kind of like, if I had to come up with something, I'm sure that I could, but it kind of more than anything just happened. And I kind of just was sitting here one day and said, well, why not? You know, (laughs) if, if, if someone else could do it, why not me? Mm. Um, I, when I was writing up my recipes and looking at other people's blogs, you know, people write like really long paragraphs and they're talking about interesting things. And I, I thought to myself, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> I'm working from home and making dinner and reading mm-hmm. long documents. And I'm like, nobody's going to want to hear about this because I'm a very cerebral person. Like, I'll mm-hmm. think. I stay up in my head all the time. I don't really claim to be much of a talker, mm-hmm. um, even though this interview may sound otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really good thought exercise for me because it helps me to verbalize my feelings better. Even when I made a, a fried chicken recipe, I talked about my Uncle Tuna, who's my aunt's husband. And how every time he cooked fried chicken, as soon as he said the chicken was ready, everybody and it was quiet. And the only thing you would hear is like munching and <laughs> like chewing. And that's something that I would have always kept in my brain as a really fond memory. But with the blog, like I wanted to share that. And it actually ended up getting a bunch of hits. And I'm like, wow, people really care about my recipe? Like, it's just, it's been such a positive experience, even more so want to to recreate it. So, Mm. and so cool. Mm. Well, absolutely. And I think it's also because you are so human. I I know you say you don't talk a lot, but I feel like you exude a lot. Like, you exude a lot of warmth and welcome. And like I said, even from the name of your blog, Brittany Breaks Bread, I just felt... I wanted to go be at that table. <laughs> oh, you are welcome. Oh, 
I mean, that's the first part of the food, right? It's somebody welcoming you into the home. I think that's what people respond to when they first come across your stuff. That's what I responded to for sure. Then, of course, yeah, your photos and your food definitely keeps you there. Oh, thank you. I re- that really means a lot to me. Food is so personal, you know? Yes. It, it means a lot. Um, and I don't. I think very often we kind of don't give it enough. We, we, don't, we don't credit it enough. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's very cultural. It's very nostalgic in some ways. Like the food that we grew up, I know my mom's cooking is my favorite. Um, I don't mm-hmm. care what I make. I could make something that's one day served in a restaurant. Nothing's going to beat my mom's cooking, you know? So um, true. It's so true. Her food is, is just phenomenal. I remember her putting, she to this day puts on like the most elaborate dinner parties um, she hosted my bridal shower and like when I tell you this woman went all out it was just so elaborate and like elegant and it was she's just such a class act and her food it just it just shows yeah I was just thinking yeah it must have been a day just full of so much love and laughter oh my god it was insane and like to see like my aunts and my cousins and everybody come together and just break bread together <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, so tell me about this particular recipe that you gave me and how does this tie into your nanny and the um, why not philosophy or the uh, you never know till you try philosophy? Sure. So I guess the apricot cream pie, I shop at this place called Balducci's. It's not too far from my house. Mm-hmm. And I saw that they had apricots and it was just like I've never eaten. I mean, I've had dried apricots, but never a fresh one. So I bought like maybe six or seven of them. Key lime pie is my favorite dessert. And so I decided to swap or the key lime for the apricot because I was just like, why not? You know, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, why don't I put Bordeaux cookies as crust? And it came out to be so good. <laughs> yeah, we all loved it. And I have to say, I do feel like the Bordeaux cookies were a stroke of genius because they actually, I had never had Bordeaux cookies before. They have um, such a caramel flavor to them. Yes. Which yes. played off the apricot really well. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so happy that you liked it. Oh, that, that makes my heart happy because it's nothing like hearing that somebody liked your food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I do have a couple of questions, though, because mine um, mine was not nearly as pretty as yours. So <laughs> I need to talk to you. I need some advice here before I turn, turn to the photographic part of this assignment. Um, but first of all, I have to ask you, I have never put egg in a graham or a cookie cutter crust before. Is that something you do a lot? I do, actually. And that's because I like the consistency that it gives it. Like I, I did that with my snickerdoodle cheesecake. Oh. And I find when I add the egg, it tastes more like a cookie than it does a crust. Yeah, it definitely I, binds it more closely together. Exactly. And I find that it makes it a bit more decadent. Yeah, this crust is not going to crumble. No. I want to ask a little bit about the top. It calls for three egg yolks. And you said the key is to get them really frothy and light. What kind of volume are you looking for? How much would you say the yolks would grow in volume? Um, that's a good question. Quite a bit. It's yeah. a 
basically be bubbly. Have you ever seen like boiled milk? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really bubbly and airy and it's just, mm-hmm. just fluffy. Okay. Um, it would kind of be like that. Okay. Okay. You know, like the five minutes is critical. Like you have to make sure you're getting that air into those eggs and making sure that just they're it, frothy. Frothy is the word that I'm looking. For. Um, okay. I found that a hand mixer works better than a stand mixer. Um, okay. Just because you can kind of tilt the bowl and make sure that you're aerating the eggs as much as possible. Yeah, I definitely didn't. And then uh, you, the once you add the sweet and condensed milk, it's another full three or four minutes. So it's supposed to stay really, really light there. Yes. And then at that point, it should be thicker. It, it should not be runny to the point where if you like dip a spoon in it, it yeah. will fall right off. It should ha- It should be more viscous, like a thick cream, you know? Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And then the last question I have is mine ended up, your cream still stayed very creamy looking and mine kind of had like a golden color. That's probably just overbaked. No, it, it, it will have somewhat of a skin. Um, okay. I, I don't think it's, it's as much uh, where the swirls are. For the part that didn't have the swirls, it did have a tiny, like it's just tiny skin to it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that, that's probably completely normal. Okay. All right. Well, that's all of my questions. Oh my gosh. This is just so much fun. Tell people where they can find you. Sure. So I can be found at www.brittanybreakspread.com as well as Brittany Breaks Bread at Instagram mm-hmm. uh, and Pinterest, also Brittany Breaks Bread and on Facebook too. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for your time this evening. Oh, thank you for having me. I genuinely appreciate it. Oh, it is. It was just a nice, pleasant, laid back evening and I enjoyed it so much. Likewise. Take care, Brittany. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Brittany. Your attitude really is so inspirational. I've thought of you many times since the interview. Brittany's contact information and this delicious recipe she shared are on the blog, thestoriedrecipe.com. As a heads up, I will be taking the next two weeks off from the podcast. First, I'll be on vacation in beautiful Maine, hiking with my husband and four sons. After that, I'm going to be finishing up something I've been working really hard on, some free resources for everyone regarding hack-proofing your accounts and your business, creating healthier relationships with social media based on my lessons learned from the hack, and launching a several new photography-related projects. Please make sure you go over to the website, thestoriedrecipe.com, and sign up for the newsletter so you can be the first to hear about all of these and get some discounts. I have some amazing stories lined up for the podcast and actually already recorded through October. So please take a moment to subscribe now. You will not want to miss the upcoming stories from Germany, Nigeria, India, Australia, Pakistan, Dubai, and others. Finally, as always, please do remember that it is your support that allows me to sustain this work. So please, please subscribe, share, listen to any episodes you may have missed, and finally, leave a review. Every single act of support means the world to me. Thank you, and have a good three weeks, my friends.